Oh, what fresh hell is this? This is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. Welcome to the very first edition of the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. What you're going to hear today was recorded in the back corner of a cigar shop a few days ago as me and a couple of other people sat around to smoke the Ceniza de Plata from Christoph. Uh, we're not expert cigar tasters by any means, but what we are is three gentlemen who enjoy smoking cigars and are also not very shy about giving our opinions on those cigars. So we hope you enjoy what you hear. All right, Cigar Tipster sitting down here smoking Ceniza de Plata from the Kristoff family, sitting here with Kirk Chalmers from Patriot Cigars. Kirk, say hello to the people. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all you told him to say. <laughs> hello, how's everyone doing today? Glad to be here sitting with Mark and Mark. A little bit better. <clears throat> Just for any of those interested, uh, Patriot Cigars is located at... Uh, we're off uh, Highway 431 South near Huntsville in uh, Alabama. All right, so the three of us have just lit up this uh, Ceniza de Plata. Uh, apparently, I'm told that means silver ash. We'll see if that holds true or not. Uh, the first few puffs are a little strong, actually. What do you guys think? Yeah, I got a little bit of strength out of it at first, so we'll see how it develops. Oh, I got a little bit of a tickle on the back of my throat. Um, let me tell you real quick about the cigar. It's a, it's got a San Andreas wrapper. It's really popular um, coming up in the cigar industry. Uh, the binder is grown from Cuban seed in Ecuador, and the, they've got uh, three types of Nicaraguan filler tobacco, all grown from Cuban Cuban seed. So you're gonna get some of that. Stronger tobacco spice for sure. I got a question for you there, Kirk. With the, uh, you know, you see a lot of cigars saying, you know, Cuban seed, but with the, so many of them being grown over and over and over in, say, Nicaragua and the Dominican and stuff like that, does the Cuban seed really make a difference nowadays? Uh, I, I would say absolutely. Um, you know, even though they, they're growing the, the Cuban seed in Nicaragua, they actually do import fresh seed often. So it's not just, it wasn't from Cuba, you know, 10 years ago. It's grown from Cuban seed over and over again. Um, so they'll actually import fresh seeds from Cuba into Nicaragua every season. Oh, okay. Um, Did not know that. First few puffs, definitely getting some uh, spice, a little bit of a pepper, not tasting any of the sweetness that Christoph said you might get in this cigar, but we'll see if that comes along. Yeah, our drinks of choice today decided to just go with water. But as we get a little further in, it's definitely staying strong. It's uh, maybe just a hint of sweetness at this point, but it's still dominated mostly by spice. Yeah, I'm picking up a lot of the black pepper, especially on the retrohale. This new Galeronis line uses tobaccos that Christoph has not used before, so that's it's definitely going to be an interesting switch if you're used to the typical Christoph flavor. Yeah, I, th I think it's a. Uh, I think what Glenn Case was trying to do here is really just amplify the the flavor and maybe even the strength. I mean, the original Kristoff line all had the pigtails uh, and the shaggy foots, and weren't or aren't uh, mild cigars 
um, but this Gallerone series is a lot cleaner looking. It has the, uh, you know, it doesn't have the pigtail. It has a clean foot. Even the presentation in the box is a lot different. You know, the original Kristoff line came in that bunched up tobacco leaves and had that really mm -hmm. rugged look versus these come in really shiny, beautiful black boxes. His artwork has gotten a lot more intricate on the bands as yeah, well. Yeah, I definitely feel like I'm smoking something special. Yeah. Well, isn't this a uh, new factory for them as well? Mm -hmm. Yes, most of the old Kristoff line was made in the Dominican Republic by uh, Charles Fairhorn and his factories. These are also being made in the Dominican Republic, but they're being made by, uh, I wrote that down somewhere. Abe Flores, uh, the, it's the PDR factory with Abe Flores. So a Abe Flores and Glenn are working together on these uh, to some extent. Now, with you being our resident cigar expert, put, what, put, uh, put me on the spot here. <laughs> <laughs> does is the change in the factories going to make a huge difference? What what factory influence might there be? I mean, I think what we're seeing here is uh, probably the biggest difference is with the construction that we mentioned. You know, it's a lot cleaner look. Um, and I'm sure uh, Abe and, and Glenn worked closely together. Um, I'm not sure if, if Abe was even involved in the blend or if this was Glenn's baby. But I mean, as, as we mentioned, the, the Galarones series is, looks completely different from everything we've seen. Um, previously from Christoph. And just in case anybody's wondering, we are smoking the Robusto, the 5x52 in this particular stick, and it comes in three other sizes, a Toro, a Torpedo, and a 660, <clears throat> if that is more your flavor. I'm about an inch in, starting to pick up maybe a little bit of the coffee, but still the, the overpowering is the spice and, and the black pepper on the back of the palate. And somebody gets text messages. Yeah, I'm popular. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so not. Oh, he's very popular. Yeah. So all my all my women. That's getting that's getting left. Is that your uh, first yes. cigar there, Kurt? <laughs> uh, do not inhale through your eyes. That's a, <laughs> now, one thing I will will say, even though I'm still getting a lot of that spice in the back of my throat. Um, I'm noticing a, the draw is becoming quite smooth, and there's almost a, a creamy feeling to the smoke. Um, I don't want to get too romantic here, but uh, <laughs> you know, it definitely has that smoothness to it. <laughs> okay, we're doing the pipe. It's not a lifetime movie. <laughs> and, and, yes, they were. They were. They were. It was a. <laughs> it was if two tango dancers were dancing on my tongue. <laughs> and just to just to throw this out there, we, we cut each one of them differently. One's a punch, one's a straight cut, and one's a wedge cut. The silver ash part, uh, I could buy that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it certainly yeah. is a nice plate. Yeah, it's a nice, but, tight ash. Well, and the interesting part about that is... <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> What, what's so interesting about tight ash? <laughs> I, I, I think they just took it completely wrong. I mean, you and I understood what we're talking about. But uh, <laughs> Mark is a child. Yeah, <laughs> well, there's no denying that. <laughs> I laugh at the word nipple. But uh, the interesting thing about the ash is we've got three of these here, and the ash is slightly different on all three of them. You know, there's not. They sell it with this overwhelming silver ash, and we're seeing that maybe out of one of the three. Um, Kind of searching for something other than that spice it seems to be the dominant flavor that and the black peppers the the two things just a little coffee but it's kind of faded to the back yeah christoph says that 
you should get notes of spice, black pepper, sweet milk, chocolate, smooth coffee, and cream. But at least through the, I don't know, first two inches or so, it's been pretty much all spice. Yeah, I'm thinking definitely leaning toward the full side. And, and don't get me wrong when I say that. It's not a bad cigar by any means. It just, it, it's definitely a full-bodied cigar. Yeah. Wouldn't want to smoke it with first one, but like Kirk alluded to, you know, a good bourbon or a scotch uh, should put you exactly where you want to be late in the afternoon. Or early morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want everybody to know I was an alcoholic. Okay. <laughs> Throw it out there. Yes, it's currently 9.30 in the morning and we're all drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so you said uh, you don't want everyone to know, so you're assuming someone's actually going to listen to this. <laughs> good, good point there. Yeah, really. <laughs> and the people that are talking already know, so who cares? Yeah, the four people that actually hear this are going to know you're an alcoholic. <laughs> and at least three of those write for us already, so whatever. The fourth being your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I will say, you know, even though we all have varying degrees of uh, ash holding on here, um, I will say that the cigar seems to be perfectly constructed. No draw issues at all. Um, we all have straight burns. And it, it is a gorgeous cigar. I mean, the wrapper has this nice oily shine to it. Uh, not too veiny. <laughs> I knew it, Mark. I knew it. You said that just for me. I did. Yeah. I knew as soon as it left my mouth, you start giggling. <laughs> All right, so let's say we're maybe a quarter of the way, maybe half the way through. Let's give it an early rating out of 10, 10 being a godsend, one being a, a shitstorm. What's, what's your thoughts? I'm leaning in the seven range, and I, I'm fairly critical of cigars. I've been smoking for probably 25 years plus, so. and yes, I'm old. <laughs> I'd agree with Mark on that, um, especially if you're looking for something that's full flavored with, uh, and you're not you're not scared of spice. I, I'd I'd push it mine up to maybe seven and a half, maybe even going on eight. As anybody that happens to listen will understand, this is not a professional podcast. <laughs> no, we have no fucking idea what we're doing. It's more entertaining this way. But it's a Saturday afternoon. We're in the cigar shop. Life can't be too bad. And for once, Kirk isn't talking about his Dyson vacuum cleaner, so... Speaking of Dyson vacuums... <laughs> <laughs> the proper amount of suction. Yes. <laughs> and it, it, he, he claims it to be a power tool. Yes, I will say, uh, since we've uh, got a Dyson, it, I consider it a power tool. Uh, and I'm the only person in my house that vacuums now. Yes, I, I've never so, seen a man so <laughs> devoted to his vacuum cleaner. Maybe we could get a sponsorship by Dyson. Hey, there you go. To that dude who the, says proper amount of suction, give us some money. Yeah. <laughs> the man's vacuum. But uh, I'll agree with the other statements. The draw on the cigar, the burn, well constructed, very well. Yeah, the, the draw is excellent on all three cuts. You know, there, there's obviously not a bad way to cut this thing. I actually just noticed, um, don't quote me on this, but I think he used the uh, the triple cap here. I mean, the, the cap is holding on great, and I can kind of see the, the three caps when I'm looking at it. What's yeah. going to Oh, sorry. That's fine. I was just to say, uh, I mean, and that's kind of, uh, you know, that's something that's gone by the wayside a little bit in the cigar industry. Uh, you know, putting three caps on might seem trivial, but, um, you know, it takes a lot more time, a lot more resources. Um, so it's really a sign of, of effort and caring about what you're doing. So kudos to Christoph for that one. Well, I was going to say, we, we mentioned we've all three got different cuts. Do you think it makes a difference in the flavors that you get out of a cigar? Or is it just more personal preference? You know, I, there's a lot of theories on that. Um, I think even Cigar Aficionado has written articles. Um, 
I, I'm gonna go ahead and say it's really user preference. Uh, everything else I think is just kind of hearsay and um, you know rumbles on the street. But it really comes down to what feels right for you. You know how large you want the opening on the cigar to be. <laughs> okay, we're back there. Dead pause. We're back to we're about to Google Times over here. Yeah, how large is the opening? The one I expected to be the most professional out of this group is the giggle box today. Oh, I, I will be the first to admit I am I have the freaking mindset of a twelve year old. It's so vainy. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a tight ass. The ones that don't admit it are lying. Say. Also joining us in the studio today is uh, Sean. Yes, we have a, just in case you're wondering, we have a really, really state-of-the-art studio. Uh, <laughs> it's called my cell phone, sitting on a table. In the back corner of the cigar shop. But you work with what you got. And going back to the whole silver ash thing a little bit, you know, I've been letting my ash accumulate a little bit more, and it, it's a nice ash. I mean, it's not as tight as what you'd expect to see on, like, a nub. Um, giggles. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, on uh, cue, even here. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it is, again, it's holding on nice. We got the a razor burn, and it, it is a really nice uh, whitish silver colored ash. Burn is really even. I don't think any of us have touched anything up to this point. Definitely a cigar I would see, you know, making its way into my humidor or my locker here. Yeah, speaking of this cigar, what is the uh, general price range on this sucker? On the Robusto, it's a. Uh, you know, probably ten dollars, maybe nine ninety five. But to anyone at Thon's podcast, we'll do a ten percent discount. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like uh, the cigar tipsters yeah. on Facebook. Oh, so we're just gonna throw Twitter under the bus here. <laughs> <laughs> we do cigar Twitter, tipster yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> also uh, at Patriot Cigars on Twitter too. Actually, we're on Twatter. So, <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Just remember those Twitter handles, and you can come back later and tell us how much we suck. We don't have feelings. Don't worry about it. Kirk does. He may cry. <laughs> I was going to say, Kirk has a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> he has feelings. Power tool. Power tool. <laughs> you're, going, you're going to make Kirk cry, and then he'll go vacuum to make himself feel <laughs> better. All right, so I'm about at the one-third mark, maybe close to half. And I'm going to go ahead and say, so I haven't haven't had any of those really nice sweet notes that Christoph mentioned on the website, but um, spice, you know, it is creamy, pepper. Still the dominating flavors for me. Very smooth cigar. I mean, I think that might be the the creaminess is that smoothness. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's probably what they're going for there because it, uh, you know, you get a lot of the strength, but it's still an enjoyable smoke. Absolutely, something you'd like if you, if you're into uh, you know a little bit of spice, fuller flavored. The San Andreas wrapper, it's saying it comes out of Mexico. Are they growing uh, quite a bit of tobacco in Mexico now? Yeah, and actually, I kind of alluded to that earlier. I've seen a lot of cigars coming out these days with the San Andreas wrapper, and uh, some of them are landing in the top 25. Now, if you fact check me on all these, I might be a liar, but uh, as far as I, sorry, as far as I remember, uh, the La Aroma, Aroma de Cuba, the Mia Moore series, they got the number two last year. That one has a Mexican San Andreas wrapper. Um, there's also a few good ones by uh, uh, Room 101. They use the Mexican San Andreas as well. Uh, another <clears throat> good example of the Mexican San Andreas is the uh, Gonzo by Epicurean. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, fantastic cigar. Smoke. Well, I mean, we're still kind of talking about this one, but uh, anything else you smoked in the last week or so that really uh, stood out to you? You know, there's a, a new one coming out by uh, Fuentes, the, the Casa Cuba. Right, that was the one we smoked earlier today. Man, that's a great cigar. I think they really nailed it. I think we'll start seeing that one show up in retail shops uh, maybe this summer. 
Excellent. Look for that one because it uh, it was a real good, real good cigar. I wasn't aware they let you they let you uh, have sharp objects. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was in the army, you know. So Kirk is now cutting out paper letters. <laughs> Effective use of my time. But that's what the podcast was. And now we're just being boring. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. I mean, we got what twenty minutes of recorded time, so there's probably like five minutes. There's <laughs> like five minutes data, of usual yeah. audio, of actual content. <laughs> <laughs> and then you should just like intermittently put your giggles in there. Yeah, I'm, just, yeah, I'm gonna when, when we get famous and I have a drop bar, I'm gonna have a button that's just me giggling. <laughs> so I don't actually have to giggle anymore. I just push the just button. Just push the button. Why don't you gentlemen take a moment and talk a little bit more about Cigar Tipsters? Cigar Tipsters started last I don't know September October somewhere in that range. Uh, early September. Early September right at, at the Tweed Up uh, Chattanooga Tweed Up uh, and Cigar Festival in 2013. Started on a whim really. We were sitting around in the hotel room after the first night and kind of joking around about uh, possibly reviewing cigars. And a couple hours later, we had a concept website. And a week later, we had an actual website. And uh, I don't know, it's just grown leaps and bounds since then. You know, one thing I like about you guys is that it's, you know, a lot of these review websites and blogs and whatnot, they really uh, fluff up the reviews a little bit. I mean, I've been smoking cigars for five, six years. I don't know about you, but I've... I don't think I could ever say I've tasted orange peel or nougat or anything like that. Um, cigars, I think, focus mainly on the, the primary tastes, you know, bitter, sweet, um, you know, what a, smooth, what are some other, like, cedary notes or popular. Yeah, some cedar. And, uh, so you guys really pepper. do no fluff reviews, and they're always honest, you know, there's there's no bias here. No one from Kristoff is asking us to say nice things. We're just, we're guys who love cigars, you know, we're hoping to help people make uh, good choices. And one of the things you'll notice with our reviews, you probably won't see one on there, I mean, that we don't like. Because if we don't like it, the shelves are just overflowing with great cigars. So we're going to take time to talk about those. And those are the ones we want to hope to pass on. You know, if there's one we don't really like, you know, we're, we're not going to review it because you may try it. It may be something you like. Well, that was there was a conversation about that earlier today <clears throat> where we occasionally forget to smoke some of our more favorite cigars because just based on the amount of choices out there there's always something new and interesting to try that's absolutely the truth uh you know the cigar industry is ever expanding and you know you take even some of the big names who've been around a while like you know rocky Patel, i think added six or eight new blends last year and i was told they're not going to do that again this year thankfully but you know christoph added four lines under the gallerones series so it's really difficult to stay on top of what's new and what you like. You just got to keep trying new things. Yeah, I can see that being extremely difficult as a shop owner, just you know having the uh, shelf space to to try to keep up with everything. Yeah, it can be tough. It can be really tough. It's gotten to the point now where I've learned that you know I, I need to wait for for multiple people to ask for a cigar before I venture out and, and bring it in, just because. You know, if I have 20 customers a day, each of them are going to mention 20 different cigars, and it's just too difficult to know which ones are actually going to stick. <clears throat> but Cigar Tipster is a great place to, to start, you know. I mean, <laughs> if you want some basic information on a cigar. That's a shameless plug. Yeah, that's, that's what they call a shameless plug. <laughs> and Dyson vacuums are uh, <laughs> really, that, really, really they're, they're apparently fantastic. Incredible. Uh, we started out with just myself and Mark. I'm the older version of Mark. Then we added a friend of ours out of uh, New York that also is a cigar lover. And then uh, we've added a couple other uh, people to the review uh, staff as well. Uh, 
lady out of New York and then a gentleman out of Houston. And we just recently added uh, our, that'd be six of us. I yeah, get our, our sixth writer is, uh, just, to, just to throw out some names, John uh, HN underscore JAD on Twitter, at Robusto Babe on Twitter. Two of our writers, and we just added one uh, at B H E N eight seven zero on Twitter. His name is uh, Bruce. Uh, he just started with us this week, actually. Uh, you can check out his review of the uh, Drew Estates. My Uzi weighs a ton. Kentucky Fire. We won't and talk I, about. Uh, I was going to say I may have to retract my statement. Now we do review cigars that not all of us uh, are, are fond of. A couple of us didn't really care for the KFC. What, what did uh, Bruce think? He actually liked it. I don't remember his exact rating. I'd have to go back and look. But he liked it. Uh, said he would smoke it again, but not necessarily from a box buy perspective. Okay. Personally, I, I did not like it at all. But it's such a matter of personal taste that in terms of the Kentucky Fire Cure, I much prefer the blend of the Lasia Black to what Drew Estates did with the Kentucky Fire Cure. Well, I think the Drew Estates version is way overpowering with the Kentucky Fire Cure, where the uh, Lucia Black was a five-country blend and the Fire Cured only being one of five. Yeah, it's it's definitely a somewhat overpowering presence in the Drew Estate version. And speaking of other new reviews, we just launched the 1502 Ruby today, which was done by uh, Rubu, <coughs> excuse me, Robusto Babe, so you can check that out today. That's kind of a good point you bring up there about, you know, Bruce enjoying a cigar that you didn't care for, um, you know, that's just a good good reminder that, you know, your favorite cigar might not appeal to someone else and vice versa. It all depends on your palate. So if we say something today that is discouraging you from trying out the, the Galarones series by Christoph, you know, go, go ahead and try it yourself and make up your own mind because, you know, we're all a little bit different. Yeah. Send uh, Cigar Tipsters your review. We're always looking for new reviews. Getting back to the cigar, I'm about halfway through now, but I have to say it has definitely mellowed out a little bit uh, as I've hit the halfway point. Spice is still the dominant uh, flavor, but it's a much more, a much smoother version of the spice than it was during the initial quarter. And that's that's kind of unique to me because typically, and, and I'm getting some of the same smoothness that you're talking about, but typically I'll notice the closer I get to the end of the cigar, it usually intensifies the flavor. This one is kind of the reverse. I got hit with the real strong spice, black pepper, but now I'm right at half or a little more, and it's uh, it's mellowing quite nicely. Uh, I think I would actually bump my rating up close to an eight. Yeah, I'm sitting squarely at about a seven and a half right now. Just for perspective, uh, Mark, what would you consider to be, you know, a, a nine rating? My nine is definitely, I, I mentioned it earlier in the show, the Epicurean Gonzo. That That's one of my absolute favorite cigars, my go-to cigar, if you will. What's your go-to? I, I would, I'm a real big fan of the Gonzo. Cuatro Cinco is another one that is uh, a really excellent cigar. Matter of fact, I got a box and a half if Mark hadn't been in them in the locker. Wasn't and the uh, the Cuatro Cinco that was a limited release? Limited release, uh, it right. was. Who did that one? Hoya de Nicaragua. That's right. Yeah, that was actually the downside to that cigar was it was a limited release and it's fantastic. So if you haven't tried it, try it. And if you love it, you better hoard it yeah. because they won't be on the shelves forever. And I, I think we're all of the consensus that the 10 doesn't exist. Yeah, you know, I've had this discussion before with, with folks, and uh, giving a cigar 
a perfect 10. I think might have 75% to do with the cigar and 25% to do with uh, the friends you're smoking it with and the environment and the weather and the music playing. I think there are 10s out there, but it's you know it's, 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 it has to consider all things. And I think there's a certain amount of brand loyalty that's built into that with some people. Oh, yeah, you get... And, but now, to me, I think you're limiting yourself greatly if you just... That's the cigar smoke. That's you know that that's almost like a cigarette smoker with their choice of, of brand. But yeah, there's, there's so many options with the cigars that I think you're doing yourself a disservice. The, there's a, a contingent of people out there who claim to only smoke Cubans, and I quite frankly don't understand that because there are so many wonderful sticks to try. Why limit yourself to anything? Absolutely. In fact, you know, I was curious about that exact topic the other day, and I did some research and found that in the last 10 years, looking back through Cigar Aficionado's Top 25, in the past 10 years, there's been five Nicaraguan Puros, and the, the number one cigar of the year. Hmm. Um, five of them have been Nicaraguan Puros, which is more than any other country. Um, I think the Cuban cigars only had three number ones in the last 10 years, so... That's a good argument right there that potentially Cuban tobacco has surpassed, or excuse me, that Nicaraguan tobacco has surpassed the Cuban um, flavors. Well, now I read something somewhere that they were saying that uh, on the Cuban side with the hurricanes coming through and the depletion of the soil had something to do with the, the quality of tobacco coming out of Cuba right now. And I believe that. I mean, the uh, unfortunately, uh, with Cuba being such an impoverished country, um, even, you know, esteemed tobacco growers aren't able to put the money into the fields that's required to grow, you know, top-notch tobacco every time versus some of these big, uh, you know, the PDR factory, Abe Flores's factory in Dominican Republic. I guarantee he's doing everything physically possible to make his soil the best for growing tobacco. And unfortunately, on the Cuban side, you just might not see that. One thing uh, you kind of mentioned there with the, uh, and we had a conversation earlier today about it, with the uh, process of the smoking of the cigar and where you're at and the things like that. We were talking about, you know, how a lot of times a really great cigar brings back memories of a specific place you were or a time in your life or something like that that you remember the cigar a lot more than the actual event that was going on at that time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think everyone can probably think back to um, the best cigar they've ever had, and I'd, I'd guarantee they'd remember who they smoked it with, or what they were doing, or where they were, and they probably wouldn't remember what they had for lunch that day, or you know, other conversations that were had, but the conversations had around a cigar are kind of burned into your memory, and I think that's probably the best part of smoking cigars, is the, the hour and a half that you dedicate to just hanging out and enjoying something. Unless you're smoking with Mark Jr. here. Uh, <laughs> conversations are pretty lame. He keeps wanting to talk about vacuums. <laughs> well, I, I can say I've had some of the strangest conversations in my life in this building. Never a dull topic. Some questionable topics, but never a dull topic. <laughs> yeah, something... Uh, something that's really cool about you know cigar smokers in general is that you know if uh, it, it's that common ground where you come to a cigar shop and you smoke with someone you might be meeting them for the first time and uh, who knows they might be one of the biggest lawyers in your city or uh, a successful engineer or 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 a farmer I mean but you don't know and, and then you sit down and you have this conversation and all of a sudden you're connecting with someone that under normal circumstances you know never would have had a chance to connect with yeah there, there's really no strangers in the, in the cigar world you know you just talk to whoever you run into in the shop and nine times out of ten you 
become friends with them and it's as simple as hey you like cigars i like cigars too yeah. Let's go have a drink. I know you've got a new toy here recently, uh, Cigar Box Guitar, one of the guy that frequents uh, the cigar shop, and I'll let Mark talk a little about it. Yeah, it's a gentleman by the name of uh, Alan Adair, uh, Adair and Sons Cigar Box Guitars, uh, relatively new. Uh, you can check them out on facebook.com forward slash Adair C-B-G. That's A-D-A-I-R-C-B-G. And you can see some of the stuff he's created, including my guitar, which is based off of the Camacho Diploma box. Uh, turned out really beautiful. The guy does absolutely superb work. He's also done a Kristoff guitar for a Kristoff event here at Patriot, which is coming up on April 17th, if you happen to be in the uh, Huntsville, Alabama area. That particular guitar is going to be raffled off. Any interest in that, you know, pick up a few raffle tickets. The One tickets... for two bucks and uh, six for ten. Yes, sir. And you do not have to be present to win. So All the proceeds for that, too, are going to a local uh, charity that supports um, wounded veterans. Uh, excellent cause. So back back to the uh, the Kristoff cigar here. Any any new tasting notes? I'm really I'm really searching for that sweet note. I really want to taste that chocolate that they mentioned. Yeah, I, I'm like you. I've been looking for it, but I haven't found it. Now, I, I will say I'm enjoying the, the much more mellow side of this uh, cigar better than I was the initial onslaught. Yeah, I would say that the for me that that spice in the back of my throat is really mellowed out, um, getting a very smooth draw, very smooth exhale. Um, there is still a hint of spice, but um, it has certainly calmed down. Well, I'm noticing the same things that you guys are talking about, and I'm I'm really liking it because the one thing I you know is okay at times, but I really don't like just a one-dimensional cigar. I like one that does have some different taste profiles as you get through it medium to full strength and medium to full flavor yeah i think you can edit this out later if you want but i think um for your for the blog or the podcast here i think it'd be really fun for if they're smoking by themselves and they had this cigar and they just listen to his bullshit for an hour while they smoke it you know it's something to do while you're smoking your cigar and they can validate the things they're tasting well and and it's funny you would mention that because there's other uh cigar related podcasts that i do listen to (laughs) And a lot of times I'll listen in just enough to see what they're smoking. And then I'll try to pick up the cigar and smoke it along as I'm listening to the podcast. I'm a truck driver, so you know, I smoke while I'm driving down the road and see if I can pick up some of the same things that they're getting. Yeah, so if, if you don't have a, a cigar shop to go smoke at or you don't have a, a buddy nearby where you can smoke with, uh, you know, flip on the podcast here and you can smoke with uh, Mark and Mark and I'll join them when I can. Wasn't there a TV show called Mark and Mark? On Nickelodeon? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> You're out of my wheelhouse on that Marky Mark and the something. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. There's two yeah. red-headed brothers. It might have not been Mark and Mark. It might have been a different name. <laughs> well, I was going to say, if it's the old, gray-haired old man involved, I can go there. <laughs> All right, as we come down to the, the end of this thing here, we're just going to sit here and throw out our final thoughts on this cigar. I will say it did stay surprisingly mellow all the way up till the end. You had that initial burst of a almost bitter spiciness, but it mellowed out by the halfway point and stayed that way all the way to the end. I think all in all, I'll give it about a seven and a half out of 10. Well, I'd, uh, it's, I've smoked it to the point where it's burning my fingers, so that's always a good sign for a cigar. It did start out spicy, uh, hints of black pepper, little coffee picked up, and then I, I'm gonna relate uh, the smoothness coming in toward the end is the creamy part that they were uh, 
advertising there. Definitely a cigar that I would smoke again and carry around in my travel humidor. Uh, I'm gonna say about a 7.8. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on the same page with these two gentlemen. Uh, got the spice, a little bit of coffee, kind of wrapped in a creamy smoke. Smoked it down to the nub, and I'm gonna put this one at a an eight. Eight out of ten. Gentlemen. <laughs> he doesn't know us very well. I thought he knew us better than that. <laughs> well, I was going to say monkeys. but <laughs> Well, we want to thank you for listening today. And get, be sure you get out there and pick up a Sinisa de Plata from Kristoff. It, it is a good smoke. I think you'll enjoy it. Definitely something I think we'll all be smoking again. As we close out here, I'll just shamelessly plug ourselves one more time. That's at Cigar Tipster on Twitter. And you can follow Kirk over here uh, at Patriot Cigars on Twitter. Some great discussion about vacuums over there. Uh, you might occasionally learn something about a cigar too so be sure to check that out and thanks for joining us see you guys thank you